What are your thoughts on this three-on-one Packers football team? I think it's personally a mixed bag of emotions for me, Dex. Uh, the Packers left a lot on the board yesterday. I mean, I never thought the game was in doubt whatsoever, but I felt like they are offense has been great at converting in the red zone for touchdowns and yesterday they left two of those on the board that they probably should have scored touchdowns on um the defense did what it had to do when it needed to do it uh devondre campbell is a stud i think the dude is just getting better and better with every week so i like what i see there again i i don't i don't even know if we saw tj slayton i i just don't understand what the coaching staff sees in dean lowry he's still there but i guess kenny clark covers up some of them holes and uh, I did like what I seen with Rashawn Gary. They had him in the middle at times, rushing right up the middle using that bull rush. I think that that could be huge for Gary in his career. If he can push guys into a quarterback, especially a pocket passer, that could be huge for us. But overall, I was happy with the W. I felt like the offense left some points on the board, but a W is a W and we move on and go play Cincinnati and hopefully get another one. I think the team has started to come together uh, and play like a team. Game one, they were all over the place. Didn't look uh, very interested at all. But then again, that was also the first action the starters got all uh, offseason. Um, the defense seems to be putting it together, um, getting some consistent pr- uh, pressure on the quarterback, which is uh, translating to poor throws and uh, interceptions or turnovers. And you can really tell that the team is starting to have fun. You saw it at the uh, end of the San Francisco game when Crosby hit that field goal. The team just swarmed the field celebrating it's uh it's fun to see and you could see how they came out especially uh giving up that touchdown right away against the Steelers they came out answered the bell and just beat the shit out of the Steelers the first uh three quarters yeah I, th- I think for me I was I was pretty happy with this, this 3-1 Packers team considering how it all started uh with with the Saints I mean we we beat up on a Lions team that frankly isn't very good but in some ways I think we look better even though, as I agree with Zach's point, Zach's point that we left some points on the board, I think the MVS injury may end up being a little bit of a blessing because it, it forced them to use more targets. We saw Lazard get targeted more. We saw Cobb getting way more involved. I think we saw the ball move around a little better. And uh, I think the other thing is, is that we also gave A.J. Dillon more role on offense. So I like the way the offense was kind of evolving. Even though it's not as good as it was last year, I kind of like how they kind of evolved a little bit from where it started at the beginning of the year to now. So I think there, there's 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 some real hope there that this offense may be more balanced than we might have initially thought after seeing the two games. And the defense is showing some real potential. We can get healthy. I think, guys, we have a three-level defense. Uh, Campbell had another really good game. And uh, Gary it looked like a more productive player. We got a little bit more pressure without doing suicide blitzes. Um, so I, I think I think overall, I think it's pretty encouraging. It's just that we got to worry about those injuries. And I think that that's kind of the big thing is like, how long are we going to lose Jahari and Z for and, and, and those type of things. But I'm pretty happy with the team, honestly. Yeah, I, I think you all you all really hit on some really key points. I mean, I was really impressed with we saw vintage Randall Cobb, gentlemen. Like I was like, I was so excited to see him get a couple touchdowns, major plays too. Again, you know, when we need a, a play to be made, Randall was there. It's just like Rogers talked about how he just has this knack of getting open. And he does. He knows how to create separation. He knows when to sit down in zones. He knows when to stop. Like he reads he reads Aaron's mind like he sees the field how Aaron sees the field and that's why they have such a connection I loved 
seeing A.J. Dillon finally look like a running back and not just an offensive tackle with the ball in his hands. I really, really just was like, wow, now that's that looks like a second round pick to me, the way he was running the rock. And also, we want to protect Aaron Jones. This 17-game season, we need to run A.J. Dillon. And combined, guys, they had 196 total yards together yesterday, which was incredible. And Dillon actually outpaced Jones on the ground with 81. I was really excited to see that. Our offensive line still, without Bach and Jenkins, are just, they're playing lights out. I mean, you think about facing both against San Fran and that front and then coming in with the Steelers and their front and TJ Watt, they've given up only two sacks. Two. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I didn't expect that. I'll tell you that. I mean, when Bach went down, I was already nervous. And then we lose Elton. And I'm like, man, this is going to get ugly. But Billy Turner, guys, fan club, <laughs> <laughs> didn't give up a single sack against T.J. Watt. He was the highest graded offensive lineman we had yesterday. He's playing really good football. I don't think they move him from the right side the way he's playing. I think he's cemented himself at that right tackle for now. Um, so when, when Elton comes back, it's going to get interesting to see which one of those uh, young players in the middle gets displaced at guard, whether it's Runyon or the mullet dude. That's what I'll call him, mullet. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just playing Royce. Royce Newman. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see which which one that they decide that they want to get rid of. And I was so excited to see Eric Stokes get that freaking interception. I mean, it, it was it was the dagger. It really was. And and he just he shows why we've been stoked for Stokes since draft day. So overall, I'm really excited about this three and one football team. But Robert, you mentioned something that we can't ignore. And these injuries are beginning to pile up. Can we survive them? I know next week we got Cincinnati, then we got the Bears. I think that the schedule right now, it works in our favor as long as Jair isn't majorly injured. You know, six, eight weeks or God forbid the season, which is what they're saying could be Z. Z could be done for the whole year. They don't even know. So, so much is up in the air with these injuries. And it just makes me wonder, should Goody be looking to make a move now at inside linebacker or corner, guys? What are your thoughts on these injuries? Because, oh man, it's just we had seven pro, we had seven pro bowlers last year, and we only got three of them that are healthy right now on our roster. So that's kind of scary. You know, there's not a lot of uh, free agents out there right now. I went through and I looked and middle linebacker Ben Ardrick McKinney and Avery Williamson are the only two real middle linebackers out there that I would look at for outside linebacker, Jamie Collins. We've talked about him in our chat a lot that uh, what he could bring veteran presence can play both inside and out. And then for corner, Kadar Holman was in the uh, training camp with the Packers and DJ Hayden, the former first round pick would be a decent addition at corner, but Outside of that, there's not a lot out there. Maybe there's someone out there that we could trade for. I don't know who's really on the block. We got to do something. Our depth is definitely being tested right now. I know the Packers brought in a couple of free agents today, safety Delano Hill. Um, he was a third-round pick from the Seahawks. And then they brought in uh, defensive end Justin Reed, or Justice Reed, who was uh, undrafted out of Vatek. And then he originally signed with the Titans and didn't make their team. They brought those two guys in today. You know, this is what a lot of teams are seeing right now. It's unfortunately for the Packers, our injuries are all to mostly Pro Bowl players are out right now. I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter today, but we have four of our seven Pro Bowlers are injured right now. Uh, just, you know, with this extra 
game this year too. You know, I don't know what the hell the NFL is thinking. Oh, I know what they're thinking. Cha-ching. It's ridiculous that these players are going to have to go an extra full game and teams are going to be depleted by the end of the year with still only one bye week. So it's going to be survival of the fittest and these expanded practice squads uh, hey, leave a lot less guys out there. You might have to get creative if you're Goody and, and try to make a trade for a guy that's maybe not living up to expectations and just needs a change of scenery. Uh, we'll see if Yadam can do something. I mean, they traded Josh Jackson for him. He's been getting in on special teams. He started 18 games in his career. I think they're probably going to lean on him a lot more next week or this week, I guess, against Cincinnati. But Cincinnati's not a slouch. I mean, they're three and one. They have a good young quarterback. They got three good wide receivers. Uh, I think Joe Mixon got hurt for them this weekend. So I don't know if he'll play. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's great that we can get Cincinnati. We don't usually play well in Cincinnati. I feel like with the way our run game's going, it was great to see A.J. Dillon get 15 carries, the same as Jones. So that can help uh, maybe keep the defense off the field a little longer so these injuries won't be as big. But we definitely need to do something at linebacker for sure. It's just watching Orrin Burks just, I mean, you see Jair go up and hit uh, Najee Harris and hit him hard, obviously hurt himself on that play. But then you see Orrin Burks over there looking like he's a third grade schoolgirl trying to tackle the guy. And it's like, what is this guy doing in the game? We are not a good defense if we have Oren Burks and Ty Summers in the game. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Zach. I, I think that that's kind of how I, I kind of see it too, is that I think if we're going to try to make a move to to improve our team, I think I don't think it's going to be someone that we can sign or be have to someone to trade. But I think we do have to wait and see how hurt Jair is before we make any move. If, if Jahir is out for three or four weeks, kind of like what Dex pointed out, where, you know, we're playing the playing uh, the Bengals and we're playing the Bears, we might be able to survive that those two weeks. But if this starts getting into five, six weeks, if, the, if it comes out, that is it. And I do think we have to make a move for somebody in the secondary just to ensure that our, our pass defense stays put. Because I think that's really going to be one of the biggest keys for us to generate any pressure is if we can if we can have good man to man corners. And without that, I just don't see a lot of talent in our front seven to generate pressure until Z gets back. And that, I think that's where I think we will have to make the move if, if Jahari is, is, is out more than five, six weeks. I, I think I think we can survive him. I think we we've the biggest injuries that we saw are we saw Jenkins and back both get hurt and we had guys step up. Um, so I'm encouraged about that. Because honestly, I didn't think we were going to Dex kind of laid that out real well. I was really worried what was going to happen to Rogers with no back and no Jenkins. And it's been no problem. Cross our fingers uh, to see if that holds up. Uh, well, I think we're in a little bit better position than I thought with depth, but just it all depends on Jahari. Yeah, I'm with you guys. There's not. Brad, you made you made a really good point. There's not a lot just sitting out there on the wire, but there are a few guys that I think teams could be looking to move. And, and I think if you're going all in and this is supposedly the last dance, then I think that's the way you got to look at it. You know, you look at teams like the Texans, they have nothing to play for. So it's like, is Whitney Merciless on the, you know, available or linebackers out there? Mac Wilson, I heard, was potentially somebody that the Browns would move. I know the Cardinals had talked about wanting to get rid of Jordan Hicks. Maybe a guy like Jerry Hughes in Buffalo on the edge. I don't know. You know, he's a vet there. I don't know. You, you might have to try to get creative and get out there and find somebody that's willing to 
let one of these players go, that's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to try to find player right now because earlier in the year, it would have been a lot easier because teams, you know, a lot of teams, they don't know if they're in it or not in it. But now the season started and and some teams are in it and they believe they got a shot, you know. So it's going to be hard to pry away good players at this point in the season. Um, and you're probably going to have to give up something. And Robert and Zach, you guys probably know better than this. We don't got a lot to give away right now, do we? <laughs> we don't, no, <laughs> unless you, you know, the only thing we might be able to do, you guys, when Bach and uh, Jenkins get back, we might be able to get rid of a guy like Lucas Patrick or, or one of these other young offensive linemen that, yep. you know, we have a ton of depth there. And those are about, val- that's a very valuable position. So we might have to look at trading old linemen to get a middle linebacker or another corner or DB in general. Because, guys, if you look at our schedule after Cincinnati, Chicago, and the Washington football team, the next five or six games are brutal. brutal. I mean, at at Arizona, at KC, Seattle comes to Green Bay. Then we're at Minnesota. Even though they're one and three, they always play us tough. And then after we go to Minnesota, right before the bye, we have the Rams coming into Lambeau. I mean, it's brutal. And then after the bye, we have, you know, the Ravens in Cleveland and then three division games. It's just, it's an unreal, brutal schedule. And all these teams are playing like they probably should be. So, our schedule that looked brutal at the beginning of the year, it's going to shape up to be, we'll know what we are if we make the playoffs. When I should say when we make the playoffs, we'll know who we are because we're going to have, we're going to be tested all year. That's for sure. Well, we'll see what well, we shall find out. I mean, I think it all hinges on the news on Jair. That's going to, I think they're probably waiting on that. I would assume so. I would assume they're trying to see how serious his injury is because then it's like, What's more of a priority, corner or linebacker? Because one, if Jair's injury is serious, uh, I think they they try to go get a corner um, at, at least to keep them in this thing. Because that stretch, they need him. They need they need that. Oh man! After these three weeks, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a couple of weeks. So let's hope for the best, guys, and and hopefully we're set up to bring him back and let him come back healthy. Zach, I think that you hit the nail on the head, though, with Lucas Patrick. If we're going to get rid of any linemen, I think he holds the most trade value. We talked about Hanson and how, you know, he'd probably be the first one to be traded. But with the amount of injuries we have, we're not really going to get much for Hanson at all based off of lack of production that we've seen from him. So I think Patrick might be our best trade trade bait at that position to help out uh, with a linebacker or corner. He's definitely our most proven commodity out of the group that wouldn't be starters after we're healthy. That's for sure. Um, He's not spectacular, but he's solid. And, you know, when a team doesn't have the depth that we do, there's definitely going to be teams, I think, making calls and trying to do something, you know, as we with this long season, man, it's the more people you can get on on your team to for depth, the better. That's for sure. And I did see and I think you guys talked about this in the chat earlier. Packers did submit. Uh, Jair's medicals to a couple of different specialists. So that's never a good sign when you're seeing that, when they need to go oh, as far as man. the second. Yeah, bad. Yeah, Especially because we got some of the best in-house, so that's not good, yeah. man. Yeah, I just read that before we got on, and I wanted oh, to cry a little. man. So if he's out for a while, and gosh, I hope it's not the season – I mean, as stoked as we were for Stokes, do you guys think he's ready to step into that CB1 role? I mean, is he ready? Stokes? No. 
I don't think he's ready. I say that because, um, yeah, the interception was exciting. Uh, he read the uh, receiver and the quarterback really well, made a great break on the ball, was kind of uh, clotheslined a little bit, making the play and still caught it. But he did give up 10 catches for 82 yards and had two missed tackles. I don't know if those 10 catches were entirely on him. I did call out earlier in the game that it seemed that the Packers DBs are playing way off the receiver. So, you, you know, you take two steps and there's the ball. You're not going to be able to uh, come up and break that pass up as easy as you normally would if you were playing a little more closer. But the fact he only gave up 82 yards on those shows that he wasn't getting burned over the top which I'd rather uh, him give up 10 catches for 82 yards all for the game versus one catch for 60 yards and a touchdown would happen to Jair. So I don't think he's ready right now, but he's definitely showing signs of being a CB1. And real quick, um, I was looking at players that are on the trade block. Stefan Gilmore is still on the trade block. It may mm-hmm. take a lot, yeah. take a lot to get him. We we talked about it earlier this uh, offseason that Green Bay may go out and get him. You know, if, if we can get uh, a player of Stefan Gilmore's cal- uh, caliber, maybe trade Mr. Glass and Kevin King to get him, losing Jair won't hurt as much. And then if Jair is only out a few weeks having him, Gilmore, and uh, Stokes, ooh, that's sick. I just don't know cap-wise if they can make it happen. Uh you got me excited. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. g- give it. I don't know how much cap room they free up. I let's say they trade Kevin King in this. He's making eight million. Is that what he's at, or was it five million? I think five in the five range. Yeah. So, so we we probably make up about three million, and we're what fourteen million under the cap right now. I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I know. I thought it was around eight the last time I checked, but I I'm not. I'll have uh, to look again. But anyhow, yeah. we giving up Kevin King and his salary would help make that possible. I am shadow dreaming with Gilmore. I doubt it'll happen knowing Green Bay, but he is a high caliber cornerback that's out there. Oh, he's one of the best man-to-man corners in football. When he's healthy, he's flat out. I would take him over most guys in a man-to-man scheme. And Brett, to add to what you said I about the corners playing off, I don't know how many times I saw on third and eight, third and nine, you got the corners past the yellow line, you know, behind it. And it's like, I guess they're trying to bend, not break. If you get rid, if you stop them on, you know, you get a only give them a five yard cushion, then they got to get by you. And I and tell you what, I like our corners when they're healthy, Jair and Stokes. Uh, there's not many guys that are going to burn by them. That's one thing I would like to see change in the scheme. I'd like to see a little bit more press coverage, maybe a little closer to the line and and not let guys just dink and dunk you for first downs. I think that gets frustrating. And I think maybe the Packers in those instances are trusting their pass rush and hopefully that they can get there, which they did okay on Sunday. I mean, there was, there was times where you thought they could get a little bit more pressure on Ben. I mean, he's a statue back there. The sack by Gary, where he pretty much bear hugged the offensive line and well, jumped over the offensive line and grabbed Ben over his shoulders and Took them both down was pretty cool. But overall, I just, it's going to be tough to get a consistent pass rush. So I think that's why they're kind of giving a cushion. But yeah, I would like to see him press a lot more for sure. Yeah, I think you made a good point on why they might be playing off a little bit is because the pass rush isn't getting home and they got to cover longer. 
Yeah, I agree with that too. I think that 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 that's why I think the the Jahira is such a loss is is that he enables us to play more aggressively in our front seven, and we need that because of our our I don't want to say lack of talent in our front seven right now, but we definitely have a void with C being out and no real true young uh, outside linebacker that we can really rely on. Not that Gary is, hasn't played better. Do any of us feel comfortable that Gary's going to be the next C? I no. haven't seen it. Uh, no. I mean, yesterday, that was like the first time he finished a play in his whole career, it felt like. <laughs> That's right. Like, I was just like, oh, indeed. Oh, you do know how to tackle. Hey, oh, Dexter, oh. I know you said you missed, like, was it the first quarter that you missed? Yeah, I know yeah. you guys said he made a play early. I missed. He did. He, he, did. he came all the way from the opposite side of the line and blasted dude before he got to the line yeah. of scrimmage. He did. He, he played like his hair was on fire yesterday. He always does. I, I think I think we've talked about that. He always brings the energy and the effort. That's something you'll never question about Rashawn Gary. What he does with that effort is what I what I question because you see guys like Micah Parsons and these other young players on the edge, and they're they're just getting after the quarterback. They're making plays in the backfield on the running backs. They're actually having tackles in the game. And like Gary, most of his career, he's having a tackle or half a tackle here or there. Like. Come on, man. Even if you're not getting the sacks, you got to be making plays. You got to be making plays in a run game and those type of things. So I don't question his effort. I just question his ability to finish. And I was, I ain't going to lie. I was pretty excited to see him jump over that damn tackle and like just do whatever it took to finish the play. It's, um, just, it's just technique with him. I mean, I, I think that's, it's, there's a lot of wasted motion with him. I mean, he moves great, but it's not the right place to go in a way. Yeah. Like, a lot of the best rushers, man, like it's effortless for them. Like they, like you yeah. said, Robert, it's not all this. They're not flailing around and like just oh. running like, all, no, it's subtle. It's like, I'm going to get you moving a little way and then boom, I got you. They don't, there isn't a lot of wasted motion and they're using. False steps. That's what yeah, they like to call. yeah. It's wasted yeah, motion. And, yeah. and it's just like, it's like a quarterback that has a long windup with his throw. It's usually going to end up bad, right? You need to have that re the release time needs to be quick. So you need to get it up and you need to get it out of your hands as quick as possible. You got a long windup, you're in trouble. He has a long windup as a, as a pass rusher. That's what I see is he just, he needs to get a, just quicker and just make a move and go. Oh, they stop you there. What's your secondary move? You got to have something already. And he's not always going to be able to jump over guys and bully guys in the NFL. And he needs to realize that. Uh, he, he, I know you're an athletic freak and you're the big, strong dude. You think you can do it? It's just, they're just as big. They're just as strong. <laughs> you know, so or stronger. Or yeah. stronger. Yeah. So you have to be able to, to win with moves and, and you gotta have some moves <laughs> you gotta have some moves coach jeff mack told me that brett uh back in high school when he was a, when he was the running back coach but he said that and i always remember that he's like you gotta have some moves <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have some moves even if it was just the one little cut you know and get downhill he, he would say that so shout out to coach mack that's that's why i coached because those who can't coach so i didn't have moves or speed, or athleticism, or <laughs> the ability to play the game. Oh. Rudy, 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 Rudy. No. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, man. And back it's, then, Brett, you had red hair. Now you're just bald. Now, yeah. <laughs> God, you know what? After putting up with your ass roll. this last weekend, hey. I mean, I thought I had enough of you. 
but evidently not. <laughs> oh, the, this no. this weekend though, I, I think I saw the funniest post on Facebook that I saw on Brett's page, and when he had a picture of him and Zach, and and one gal calls Zach your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> And I almost put a response there. He just likes men in blue. <laughs> the <laughs> funny part was is that was Brett's girlfriend who said that. Oh my god, that's terrible. Oh Brett. <laughs> Brett. Guess it's over. Uh, sorry. Oh man. Hey Dex, I will say one thing to add to your Gary comment. I I think every game so far this season, he's shown us a little bit more. He's gotten to the quarterback. He's getting closer. And then this week, he got a sack. These next three weeks for him are going to be huge because let's just call these build-up games to what's coming after the next five after that are really, we're really going to need a pass rush. So he's going to have to use these next three weeks to really finish some sacks and, and get some tackles for loss because he has all the physical skills that we've talked about. He just doesn't have those finishing skills consistently yet. We're going to need him against those good teams. And we play some quarterbacks that can move coming up too. We need to see that continued improvement from him and that continued effort from Kenny Clark in the middle. Hopefully they can get freaking TJ. Kenny. Oh Kenny. my God. Hey, Kenny. He's been bald. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, he's been unreal. It's just sad that we can't give him any help. Kiki made a few plays, too. I mean, Kiki's had a couple of nice plays. He batted a ball down. I think he got in the backfield once and pushed a pushed a guard right into Ben's lap. So, I mean, I like to see Kiki improving because last year, at the end of the year, before he got hurt, he was really starting to play the best he ever has as a Packer. Uh, it's just that third down lineman. I mean, I, every time we hike the bar, the offense against us hikes the ball, and I see Dean Lowry's big dumb ass in there, I just get angry because the guy doesn't do anything. And if he might make one play a game, and you're just like, really? You're not giving TJ a try, a young guy? Let him learn with uh, Kenny next to him? You're going to let Dean Lowry have his hand in the dirt? It just makes me angry. We they love Dean. It's crazy. They love, they love Dean and Tyler Lancaster because Coach LaFleur was like talking about how they missed having Tyler out there. And I'm like, and, <laughs> what the uh, hell are they watching on film? I guess it just goes to show that they just realize they ain't got shit in the cupboard. Come on, let TJ Slayton play. Let Kiki play. Let these guys grow. They're young players. He mentioned that too. He's like, I know these young guys, you know, he's like, they got to play. We got to get them in there. It's a long season. The good defenses, they rotate those lines. They keep these guys fresh. We don't want to wear out Kenny Clark in like five games. You know, it's just like, come on. We need to we need to rotate these young guys in more. I think Slayton played nine snaps yesterday. Up from two, but God dang, like nine? Come on. I know Kiki, Kiki played like 50% of the snaps or something like that. So he, he had a big jump. But that had to do with Tyler Lancaster being out. And look what happened. He played a pretty good game. I, I think he gives us a little more dynamic. You know, he gives us a little more than Tyler Lancaster, who's like just like a rock. He's just like there. He's not going to do much. He's just going to sit there and eat up space, which, I mean, is good for Campbell because he flies. Um, you keep him clean, he's going he's gonna to get to the ball. Period. Um, that dude is nasty. He's playing. He's playing lights out. I love watching him play football. I played that position, and like I watch him, and he he looks like he's having fun. He's athletic. He can do it all out there. I'd love for him to have a running mate. We talked about that already. It's not Burks. It's not Ty Summers. 
It's not Chris Barnes. I'm sorry. None of them. It's none of them. That's why they play play so much one, you know, the dime linebacker look. We stink. We stink at inside linebacker. And they, they got it one right, finally, with Devondre Campbell. So about damn time. Right? Yeah, yes, it is. It's like, damn, how long it take? Dude, it's been, what, five, six years? He's the best had, linebacker we had since well, Nick Barnett. Yeah, we're, we're, or longer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know. It's been longer. We're so, fucked like, if uh, Campbell gets hurt. If he ever we got hurt, no oh, my one. God. Knock on wood right now, everybody. Because, like, <laughs> good Lord. I mean, the power of the tongue, right? If he get hurt, I'm fucking you up. And I'm going to be right there kicking the after <laughs> I'm not scared of you, Zach. Mm-hmm. That's why I said I'm going to kick you after he fucks you up. You'll be already down. <laughs> yep. oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Oh, we love Brett. Y'all, don't let anybody fool you. We love him, but we're still going to fuck him they, up. They love Campbell to talk shit there. about me and talk about <laughs> kicking my ass. They don't fucking love me. Oh, man. Man, I wish I had those two hours back that we sat and chatted after the Badger game. You're I don't right. want to associate you guys anymore. <laughs> I'm taking my ball and going home. I'll take down that picture I took of you guys then. Uh, please do <laughs> his ugly ass like made that picture look like shit <laughs> I crowd, I held that picture up you're welcome hey hey I will tell you this though as much as Michigan can go fuck themselves as a Badger fan I was pissed off about the game in all reality I'm glad that Zach got to uh, go to his first uh, Michigan game and uh, see them kick ass it was it was a fun game to watch as a fan as a Badger fan, I want to whoop Chris ass. Golly, that guy. I mean, I can call better plays than that. 31 dive. I can do that all day and get 31 paid. Dive, 31 dive, 31 dive, 31 dive, three yard out, 31 dive, 31 dive, 31 exactly. dive, three yard out. The worst <laughs> right about it, though. I'm the like, worst this part dude's about getting it? paid $5 million a year uh, to call 31 dive. Congratulations, Chris. The, the worst part uh, about it, though, is that we have no offensive line in, in, at UW. That is the worst offensive line I think I've ever seen at UW in forever. Honestly, yeah, it's pretty bad. You can it say is. they're bad, but when all you have to do is uh, scout for 31 dive, I mean, it doesn't matter how good an offensive line you got. All you're going to do is put 11 guys in the box and just stop them every time. Yeah. We, uh, the we, whole we, team's not very good right now. We average so. 1.5 yards a carry. They're really young. So, that line's really young, and they're, they're just not delivering. Don't They're one and three. They're one and three for the first time since 1990. It, it's you, definitely bad times right now. <laughs> you know who didn't average 1.5 yards a carry? Dylan didn't. 5.4. Yep. Dylan had a good game. He had a good game. Going back to the Packers, bringing it back. Yeah, he did. And speaking of bringing it back, bringing it back, girl, vintage Cobby. Vintage yeah. Cobby was back last night, man. And Robert, you touched on it a little bit last night, uh, a little bit earlier about the balance we saw on the offense, um, which was something we hadn't seen yet because, honestly, Tay was getting almost 40% of the targets. You know, it was just like, that's unreal to have one player getting that many targets because if a smart D coordinator, just go ahead and double them. Every single play, take them away, and what do you have? I think it showed that it's proof they can move the rock without having to target Tay all the damn time. What are your guys' thoughts on just seeing, I like to call him Randall Spandle, you know what I'm saying? Vintage, vintage Randall Cobb last night. I, I mean, I was so excited. He earning that eight mil, that's for sure. He started earning that money last night. I said before the game I was 
ready for him to get his first touchdown back with the Packers. So he won up me and he got, went and got two. But I mean, touchdowns are obviously huge. He knows how to move when Rodgers is moving on that second touchdown. It was like a one and a half yard touchdown. That was a busted play. And Rodgers probably couldn't rush that one. He probably got popped and Cobb just followed him and he threw a zip and he kept his feet in bounds, made a great catch. I think Obviously, the touchdowns are huge, but on a few of those drives, I think in the first half, Cobb had three third down catches for first downs. There might even it was three or four. I can't remember. That's huge, you know. When you get a you when you get a rhythm on offense and you get to a third and long and you can convert those and you know you have a guy that's going to catch the ball. I think the only bad thing I saw from Cobb was on the fourth down. Rodgers was trying to go to Devontae, and Cobb thought it was to him. I guess you you never know what's behind you. So uh, for him to try to come up and make a play is better than him just letting it sail over. And, you know, and Adams would have had the ball. But in that case, it's the only thing I saw that I didn't like, but he was just trying to make a play so you can't fault the guy. But yeah, it was great to see vintage Randall Cobb back in green and gold running around Lambo, getting catches, first downs and touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think I, I, like, I, I agree. It was great to see him score a touchdown, Zach. And I think the other thing I like too is how um, he was willing – to go over the middle, which a lot of our receivers, we haven't seen a lot of that. And I think it's good that we saw him take, make some of those tough catches and and not so glamorous role, which we've been missing. And we, we kind of had some true slot role and converting third downs and making big plays. And the, I think, I think the secondary real nice thing about all this is that produces less wear and tear on Tay. I really don't like it when Tay has to play slot because when he plays slot, one, he has to take more hits, but kind of what Dexter said in the beginning is that it just makes it too easy to defend a Packers passing game by just doubling him. And, uh, and frankly, I just don't want Tay to get hit that much. You know, we saw that he almost got knocked out of against uh, uh, against the Niners, and thankfully that wasn't a serious concussion. We can't afford him to – we can't target him 15, 20 times a game. It's just, he's just not going to last. No wide receiver is. So I, I think I think what we saw from Cobb was really was great news. And I think it, it kind of helps Packer fans remember that, yeah, he might be at toward the end of his career, but he can certainly help us, um, even if he wasn't the player he used to be. Yeah, he he definitely has something left in the tank. He showed that. I mean, the guy, he can still get open. He's still explosive after the catch. And he, he he's as reliable a catcher of the football that we've had in this offense for, since his arrival. I mean, he catches everything thrown to him. It, it's nice to have that security blanket. So I'm going to touch on a couple points that Robert talked about. The first one is about um, Devonte Adams being in the slot. The thing I really like about him being in the slot is he's not getting lit up as much as he's going across the middle. Um, we saw seen in a couple times this year where he gets the ball behind the line of scrimmage and makes a, a, a negative play into eight yards because his footwork is disgusting. He makes DBs look foolish as soon as he gets that ball in his hand. He takes one cut outside and then goes inside, and the DB's left in the, in the dust, and he's not getting lit up. I, I, that's one reason I like him in the slot. It creates that in separation. Instead of being a yard off the ball, there's a two-yard gap between the uh, receiver and DB if they're playing up on him. Yeah, so that for just creates more space. Not to have him go downfield. I mean, I guess that's where I'd like to see Tay is more downfield. Yes and no, but if that's all he's going to do, then I'm just going to defend him down the field all the, all day. This allows him to to, to mix up the uh, um, his routes, keep the defense guessing, and I, I like Cobb out of the slot too because he can do that's that's his natural position is in the slot. We saw it, Zach. You touched on it that 
Cobb is really good at getting open when the play is busted. Ten years ago, that's what they practiced. It was Jordy, Jones, Jennings, Cobb. Play busted, everybody had a spot to go to and knew how to get open, and Rodgers just tore teams apart. And that's a wrinkle that Cobb brings back, and it showed in that touchdown. You know, th- there was no window at all where Rodgers threw that ball and Cobb still got the touchdown because he knew how to get open and go to a place where Rodgers could throw the ball and he could catch it and be the only one to catch it. The other thing I want to touch on is Cobb has nine receptions this season, eight of which have been for first downs slash touchdowns. Wow. Yep. Only one reception has not been a first down or a touchdown. Wow. Talk about impact, man. Absolutely. We saw it was, I think it was against Detroit where we're, we're, we're talking in the chat. Where's Cobb? Next thing you know, first down, three, first down, first down. Yes. First on, the, on, on that one drive, he's like, he had three catches for first downs. That's impact. He knows how to get the sticks and make those, uh, the sticks move. That's something that we've lacked. And I'm glad that uh, Rogers was the prima donna and demanded that Cobb come to the Packers this year. You know, it's uh, we're starting to see the Cobb of old, and I think the more that Cobb gets involved, the more Amari Rodgers is going to get involved. Amari Rodgers uh, played a lot of snaps. Um, well, I will, I'll say a lot. I mean, he, he played more snaps than he had all season, but he's starting to grow uh, in the offense as, uh, as well. I loved watching him block uh, T.J. Watt. That was fun. You His know what, last- too, Brett? They have to respect him, though, on the field, even if he they're not targeting him or he's not getting the ball yet. His explosive nature in general, they have to keep an eye on him. When he goes in motion and they see him, they got to watch him. So yeah. eventually he's going to get that ball. Yep. And he, he even said it. I don't care if I get the ball. I don't care if I score a touchdown. I don't care if I get a reception. It's all about the team winning, what what I can do, the intangibles. And he'll get fed just like Big Dog. Big Dog does all the ugly shit, the blocking, whatever. Ever so often, they give him the ball, reward him for doing Rogers the ugly missed shit. missed him on that one, too. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's but, been doing that a lot this year. I don't know. But I mean, as, still, as good as he's played, he's missing He's missing some big plays, too. Yeah, but it's a, it's it's fun to see that Cobb didn't do shit the first game. They fed him a little bit against uh, Detroit, fed him a little bit against uh, 49ers, and then he feasted yesterday. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Welcome back home, Cobby. Well, Zach, I know you had to be excited, man, about your boy A.J. Dillon and his breakout game. I know you had to be excited watching that because I've been, I've been on his ass about his lack of vision just running into the back alignment, trying to plow through everything. He looked like a running back yesterday. And honestly, the more carries he gets early in the season, I think the better Aaron Jones will be late. We want to keep him fresh. You notice that too, like late in the game, he had fresh legs when they were giving him the ball. Was this a breakout game for A.J. Dillon? I think for me, the biggest thing was you, you didn't see him run into a pile. You know, he he was looking for for cuts. He, he saw a hole. He made a cut, get eight, ten yards. I think one of the only play he actually ran to the pile was that third and one or fourth and I don't know if it was third or fourth and one. And he hit Cam Hayward, who's six foot six and three hundred plus pounds, and and he put him on the ground and got the first down. So that one I'm okay with because he only needed to get a yard to get the first down and keep the keep the drive moving. So that was great. And then then you had that one run for twenty five yards. I think that was the longest run of the year for the Packers so far. Ended up about two yards 
yards short of the end zone. Just to see him making cuts instead of running into piles it was awesome for me. And then don't forget the one catch he did have was for 16 yards. So he is flashing. He already has more catches this year than he did all of last year. So he is flashing the ability to be able to catch the ball to the backfield, which in our offense, our running backs have to be able to do that because Rodgers always is looking them for release value. For me, it's it's not necessarily a breakout game because I think he had that last season. But for me, it made me really feel good about all the negative things that were being said about him uh, the last few weeks. I think the dude is going to be a solid running back for us, and he just needs to keep learning. And, and Dex, maybe he listened to you. Maybe he watched some film of the bus over the week or the last week and realized, I hey. I swear he looked know. like the bus on some of those carries. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was making cuts. So yeah. I was pumped to see it. And that and, – Honestly, guys, what have I been saying? He needs to get 10 or more carries. Well, he ended up getting 15, just like Aaron Jones. I think uh, Aaron Jones fumbled that ball, which wasn't a very good – I mean, there's not really any good fumbles, but he he barely got hit and the ball came squirting out. And I think uh, Dylan had the lower the carries for the next next drive when they got the ball back. Uh, that can't be an issue for Jones. I, he did that in the playoffs too. He, he needs to figure that out. But it's great to see Dylan, 15 carries, 81 yards, 5.4 carry. That's what you need to see from your, your battering ram. So I was impressed and I hope they can carry it through these next few games so that when we start hitting some of these good teams like Arizona and, and Baltimore, Seattle, all these other good teams out there. Oh, KC too. If we have two running backs running like that, we'll control the clock, and that's our best chance to win those games. Yeah, I, I agree, Zach. I mean, I, th- I think I think Dylan showed showed some feet, and and when, when you guys talk about the bus, and you talk about big running backs. So really, the key thing is it's not really how fast they are; it's how well they move their feet in terms of their ability to make people not get square hits on him. That's one of the most underrated skills of Derrick Henry is that Derrick Henry, as big and strong as he is, it's hard. He, they have, people have a hard time getting a square hit on it. And that's partly because of how well he moves his feet. That's also a huge secret to Jerome Bettis, guy not quite as good, Rudy Johnson, a couple of those other guys. And AJ showed good feet yesterday. And that was the first time that we've seen it, maybe in his entire career, that he really showed that while playing for the Packers. So I think that that is a very encouraging sign because that that's an instinct thing. That is not something you can really coach and he's showing more of that. And that that's very, very encouraging. I was kind of like Zach or uh, like Dexter and I was kind of rough on him because I was seeing, you know, three inches and a, and a run into an alignment kind of philosophy with, with him. And that didn't happen yesterday. And, and he was he was reading blocks and I think that was very, very encouraging for him. And I hope he keeps it up because Pittsburgh still has a very good run defense. For all the troubles they're having this year, their run defense is really good. And that's what makes that game impressive for him. So I think that that's an effort we should all be proud of with him. Hey, Zach. did you all go? Did you all see Aaron Rodgers' press conference and, and what he had to say about A.J. Dillon? I did not. He He really praised him. I mean, and you don't see this a lot. He was like, he's that cold weather Green Bay back, smart kid, really smart kid. And that's what I love about him. He went on and I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing a little bit to say, I take pride in, in, in being able to win games with my mind. He said, and when I have teammates that can match me there, he, I really like that. So he basically was just putting AJ out there and he said that his growth in their communication after plays and why it worked and why it didn't work. Um, Robert, his ability to read uh, the protection schemes and pick up the blocks 
he talked about all this stuff and how he was just so smart and how he appreciated not just how he's this big cold weather back, but how smart he is as a football player. And I think that speaks volumes to his growth as a football player. You know, Zach touched on one of the plays that I thought was impressive is when he knocked out a uh, Cam Hayward. The other one is it was a run to the right, gets stoned about two yards uh, up the field and keeps his legs moving. It turns into like six, seven yard game. Uh, you can't bring the dude down. And it was just, I think that's just a microcosm of his night last night. We've been blasting him all season so far about what a disappointment he's been. And yet he finally got to carry the ball more than five times and show that it's more than just three yards in a puff of uh, dust. He was making great cuts. Vision was on point. It was, it was just really fun to watch him do his Brad, craft. Brad, you know what else he does? He catches the football pretty well. Oh, man, he's got soft hands. Yeah, it's like the ball just kind of just melts into his hands. It's freaking cool to watch to see him so big. You wouldn't think that. But, like, mm-hmm. he's extremely comfortable catching that football. Yeah, and catch, catching the ball in a swing pass isn't easy. No, Anyone who thinks it is, yeah. is no, it's that, not. that angle, <laughs> kind of looking not. over your shoulder behind you uh, to catch that ball in that swing pass, it's not easy. Hey, Brett, Brett even did the example. You know what I'm saying? You can hear him move away from the mic and everything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the I visuals, boy. That, man, you, you you getting good at this, bro. I have my moments. <laughs> Does that mean you guys love me now? You don't fucking hate me? Well, if you go by the law of man, the more shit you give someone, that means you like them more. If you oh, don't give them man. man shit, <laughs> the then that means you man. don't like them. So well, we must I mean, love you, Brett. When, 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 when I talk shit about you, I actually mean it. So what is that law? Wow. wow. Well, that just means you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. oh, this is so cool. I love how we just, we just, we, we just be fucking Robert head up. Robert be, in, <laughs> Robert be over there like, gosh, these crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> I thought the World Wrestling Federation was only on TV. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's on the podcast. Man. That's right. It's on the podcast. Yep, yep. WWE, come holler at us. Come holler. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. It's so funny. But yeah, shout out to shout out to Legatron. We're super excited. I mean, I am because you were a second round pick, man, and we definitely saw your talent on display last night. And hopefully, that's something they can build on. Keep feeding them, man. Keep running that rock. I swear it opens everything up. It's good for Aaron Rodgers. As much as I know, he probably would love to throw it all the time. He's still going to get those opportunities. And you notice the big plays come off that run. So if as effective as they can be with the run, it's going to open up those big splash plays, which I know makes him very, very happy. We had a bunch of guys have some big plays yesterday. It was it was like five or six dudes actually catching, making really pl- good plays, the explosive plays down the field. So I was ex- five, five guys at least had explosive plays down the field yesterday. And AJ was one of them. He shouldn't have got caught on that run though, man. I was a little sad that he got caught. He's going to unhitch that trailer next time. Yeah. 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 I was like, man, you were right there. I was really, really hoping they would have fed him there too. Yeah, uh, yeah, you got to give him one shot at it. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he could have been gas. He could have been gas. I don't know, but I would. I wish he would at least got a chance to punch that one in. I, I'd like to um, 
give a shout out to another player that we haven't yet to talk about. And that's the refs. Great fucking job yesterday. How uh, the trip. Great non-call. Fucking love it. I mean, um, they did. They did miss one. That was a touchdown for the Steelers, too. So, I, yeah, I we'll, mean, we'll take that trade any day of the week. We got to um, keep it real. Joe Hayden oh, was not offsides. <laughs> well, there was also the touchdown that they did give him when um, was it Clark that uh, Clark or Gary that was no, being, it was uh, Gary. Gary, yeah. And then they yeah. called they called a freaking pass interference on Stokes on the same play. It's it, it was it was terrible. Like yeah. how do you call and Stokes barely touched the guy. Yeah, I, I mean, think guys. Uh, the one thing I can tell you guys know I listen to a lot of sports radio and the one thing that was evident again this week this morning flashing back when they were talking about the weekend everyone the consensus is that the nfl needs to do something about these referees it's way there's way too much on the line to have half-ass referees this is just getting to be old there's every single game there's bad calls and don't get me wrong i I think greeny said it best in espn radio this morning he said now the steelers were not offsides on that but he goes that did that game ever feel like the packers weren't going to win he was like no he said even if the Steelers get a touchdown there, he still thinks the Packers win convincingly. Um, so I agree with that. But at the same time, we can't have shit like this happen in, in the playoffs that cost teams trips to the next round or a Super Bowl. So NFL really needs to look in the mirror this offseason and say, we need to get this shit right and, and do something with the referees because it's getting old. Just to get, just ask the Saints against the Rams in the playoffs a couple of years ago. <laughs> and the Vikings. <laughs> and the Vikings, too. Yeah, that's it. It's uh... – they really do need to address that. One thing I want to mention to you guys, though, that Dex kind of kind of brought it up here a little bit, was that how much more comfortable is Aaron Rodgers feeling with the play-action plays? And I think that's one of the, one of the evolutions that he's had under LaFer is that you didn't see a lot of that under Mike McCarthy, Mark, Mike McCarthy. And now he feels very comfortable doing in the play-action passes. He's become more effective quarterback because of it. I think that's one of the things I noticed in the evolution of Rodgers. We don't really talk about him getting better because he's already so good. But his use of the play-action pass, I think, is really getting better and better and better. It's just going to extend his career. Part part of the play-action pass is you need to have a running game to be able to do play-action. McCarthy ran it three times a game, if we were lucky. That's true. But it's it's just nice to see Rodgers adjusting to it so well for someone who's used to Lack of a better word, who like to ad lib a lot. He doesn't anymore. Yeah, I mean, you even hear uh, that is an awesome point, Robert. You even hear Rogers talk about wanting to stay on time now. How weird yeah. is that? Yeah. Never thought we'd see today. No, no. I'm like, who is this guy? Is this, who is this dude right here? Because, like, he gets it. He's like, when I'm on time, when I get it out, boom, I'm very accurate. That is so true. That is so true. He's not trying to run around as much. He's trying to stay in the pocket, trying to stay on rhythm, which is perfect for this offense. I think they're building up something here, guys, as we've seen, you know, with AJ and now Randall getting some balance. This offense is starting to look like the offense that we that we know it can be. So I'm excited about that. And they need to build on it going into Cincy next week. I mean, the Packers open even with all the injuries. They opened it up as three and a half point favorites on a road against a three and one Bengals team that has a lot of firepower and a young quarterback that's playing pretty good. What are your thoughts on that matchups? You know, any matchups that you're really watching against Cincy? I know for me, it's going to be our secondary against those receivers. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Dex. I mean, especially with Jair sounding like 
it's not looking good for us there. They have a lot of weapons. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Boyd. Uh, I don't know if Mixon, how hurt Mixon is. I know he left the game on Sunday for them, but or Thursday. Was it Thursday? No, I can't remember. Whatever day they played. Yeah, they did. The he did go out with an ankle. I don't know how serious it is for him, but, you know, ankles for running backs are never good. It could be the Samaj P. Ryan show. Yeah, everybody's saying to pick up P. Ryan in fantasy football. I'm going to go ahead and say, nah, I'm good. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's actually been playing like literally all their third down snaps already this year. He's kind of already involved in their offense, and he's a decent player. He's not, he's not great, but if he's getting all the carries in that offense, my advice would be to pick him up. It depends what you got at running back, but yeah, so all them fantasy players, if you need some help at running back, or if you just want to stick it to the the Joe Mixon owner, grab him. Yep. Yeah, grab him so the other guy can't. But yeah, I think, I feel like that's the biggest matchup for us. I think that they really need to, they're going to have to, it's going to be even more important to get pressure on Joe Burrow. I mean, the guy has proven that he he's a decent quarterback and probably will be the next one of the next superstar quarterbacks with uh, Justin Herbert of the young crew coming in. So, uh, you know, the best way to make any quarterback, especially a young quarterback, uncomfortable is Get him and get in his face. I'd like to see Gary up the middle more against him. He can bull rush all the hell he wants up the middle because he can push a guard or a center right into Burrow's face. That'll screw up his timing. And then, again, I think the biggest thing for the Packers this whole year, and we've talked about it a thousand times, is control the clock and run a damn ball. I like seeing 30 carries out of our two running backs together. I think that's going forward. If we can run the ball 30 times, I think that means we're ahead in those games most of the time. So uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see their receiving weapons against our beat up secondary. And then I want to see uh, our run game, control the game and uh, hopefully control line of scrimmage. You know, that's uh, my take, too. I think we all can agree on their wide receivers versus our DBs, especially if Jair can't play and if Mr. Glass doesn't return uh, from injury. I guess the matchup I'm trying uh, to look at is uh, Barry versus uh, Cincinnati's offensive coordinator. And I say that because if Barry can turn up the pressure, it'll help our DBs a lot with having to cover. If there's no pressure, they're going to pass all over us on Sunday. I'm just really looking forward to seeing what kind of game plan Barry comes up with. Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty good take. That was one of mine as well, Brett, where you know the 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 the, the ability to uh pressure Burrow because he's we've seen in the previous games and you know we all saw what happened against the Vikings and uh, um the Bears against Cincinnati. If you you can pressure Burrow, you'll make mistakes. You know, we saw Chicago get to him and he was throwing picks. So, I agree with that. I think, I think one other thing I'd like to add, though, is that one area of the team that Cincinnati is underrated in is their linebacking core. Uh, Logan Wilson, uh, Davis Gaithier, and Pratt are a really nice linebacking core, especially Logan Wilson, a guy we talked about previously last year in the draft, right? We were thinking about, hey, we might get Logan Wilson in the third or fourth Man, I wish we had Logan Wilson. Yeah. Oh, he, my God. Dude is flying everywhere just lighting everything up and he's been very good they all have been pretty good this year their linebacking core is actually really solid so i'm kind of looking forward to the aj jones and jones against those three linebackers so i think that's going to be an important matchup in terms of the game and and i'm with zach we got to keep trying to run the ball but that might be one of the things that determines if we win or lose i think we have an advantage because our line's playing so well and i don't i'm not a big believer in since he's d-line i mean i think 
their D line definitely has issues. Their linebacking core, I, I think we got to pay it some respect. Uh, I think uh, that could be that could be a matchup that we we could lose if we're not careful. So, I think that's a I think that's a great point. Their linebackers are playing well. I mean, they're playing well as a whole over there so they're they're leading that division right now anytime you can go on a road and face three and one team we got a chance to go four and one the first quarter of the season it's a big game it's a big game i want hopefully they bring that energy again i thought i thought we still had it again against the steelers we had some mental lapses on special teams again that coach mo i was pulling for you i'm a little concerned about him because the things that you see they're just kind of like mental lapses and maybe it's attention to detail or or something's going on there where there's a disconnect with those players on special teams but they really need to clean it up because it is we are in week four now uh, i think one of it was it zach was it you or brett that said there's no excuses now in the chat one of y'all said that. That was Brett. Brett yeah. said that. Yeah, we're, I'm just like, I mean, we're four weeks into it now. We're not experimenting like the preseason and trying guys that wouldn't play there. No, your guys that you're going to play are there. It's time to clean this up because eventually it's going to cost us it's going to cost us a football game. Yeah, for sure. I agree yeah. with that. I mean, game 1, the excuse is you got players that didn't really play on special teams because you have eighth string players getting play, uh, playing time on special because you don't want to get your uh, regulars hurt. So now you have your regulars playing special teams that didn't play all preseason. So the first game is essentially the preseason game getting uh, used to live, uh, live game speed. But now you're game four. You should be giving up 30 yards of a kick return. Get down there, no. bust his ass. Yes, yes. Just uh, It's frustrating to see the same stuff happening because mm-hmm. I know they're watching the film and seeing it. I just don't know why they can't correct it. No, the one thing I'd like to say, though, is I want to give a shout-out to Lazard. I think we talked about this in the last podcast. He sees the issue on special teams, and he's like, put me in. I'm not going to let that happen. Well, now they can't because he's like, he needs to play starting wide receiver. <laughs> right. But still, like, that's that's – that's a guy who has uh, what three that's receptions all season. Player. Yeah, that's, that's a, a guy who's like, though. I'm going to help the team any way that I can. Yep. I don't care if I get the ball passed to me. I'm going to go bust some guy on special teams. Yeah, and that's what I want to see. I need we need to see these guys step up. Enough of this mediocre bullshit. That's get leadership. Out there bust someone's ass. That's leadership. Yes. Uh, Rogers talked about it. You don't need to have a C on your jersey to be a leader, uh, nope. and that's leadership right there. Absolutely. Any final thoughts, guys, before we move on to Cincinnati? I think for me, just this is a solid Cincinnati team, three and one. They're tied for the lead in their division. Just go on the road, take care of business, and get another big win. And then, you know, going to Bears week, uh, feeling really good about four and one. That's my big thing is go in and take care of business on the road and think what our next four or five are on the road or five or six or something crazy. We have a lot of road games coming up. Make the best of it and uh, get a W. I think that we need to build uh, on our momentum against the Bengals and the Bears. Because uh, Washington isn't that bad. Um, But then we have the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Rams, the Bears, and then the Ravens. That's a stretch. That is a stretch. We got to come. We got to hopefully get through these next three games relatively relatively healthy and build off of the success we've had the last three games. That way we, we can actually have some hope competing with the Cardinals and Chiefs, Seahawks and Vikings and Rams. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough, especially if we don't get healthy. 
Yeah, I think that's the key to it. I think we compete with all of them, with all our guys. If we're rolling out there without Jair and we already lost Z and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's... We'll have Bach back for that stretch. We should have Elton back for that stretch. So that's good, uh, especially for protecting the quarterback and running the football, which I think is going to be the key to winning all those games, to be honest with you, is being able to run that rock and and shorten the game a little bit, keep the defense off the field (laughs) as much as we can, especially if they're not healthy. I think you made some really good points there. Yeah, I I think for me, uh, I think it's the continued diversification of the offense. Get Cobb involved. Let's get Lazard involved. Let's get the guy that's still missing is Robert Tunyon. We need to get him more involved. We we need to basically make it so we're not so Tay-centric in the passing game. And I think we need to continue to do that. Tay's our star. He's our best wide receiver. He's probably our best offensive weapon. But we need to continue to, to diversify it so when we do play those teams, especially when we play the Rams, that we, we have an ability to go to someone else other than Tay because they will try to take Tay away. They will double-team them if they have to. And we need other guys to step up in the passing game. So i kind of like to see them work on that a little bit. Obviously, we're going to be a run-first team. I think we all know that that's really where our identity is going to lie. If we're going to we're going to be real contenders this year that we have to be a run-first team. I'm kind of hoping against the Bengals we continue to see that diversification of where the passes are going. That's what I'd really like to see. Yeah, it makes it – I mean, that's a hell of a point, too, because it makes it harder for that other team to prepare for the Packers. Mm-hmm. First couple of weeks, they're just like, oh, the Packers offense is Devontae Adams. <laughs> right. yep. It's surpassing. Uh, yeah, you start seeing all this. It just opens up so much. Well, I mean, we haven't even ran a, a jet sweep yet. So it's just like there's a lot of different things that I think still need to come out and to place off of those jet sweeps and those motions. You're slowly starting to see that, div- that d- diversification that you're talking about, Robert. Yeah, I, th- they... Went to, well, I had seven completions to seven receivers. Sorry. They hit at least one completion to at least seven receivers. I like it. Yeah. I mean, let's keep that rolling. I mean, eventually that's going to only help take it more one-on-ones and stuff too. Yeah. The more they do that, the better our offense will be. Yeah. And Dex, you talked about, we haven't seen any jet sweeps yet, but every week there's a new wrinkle to the offense. Yep, is they're building on it. They're slowly yeah. building on it. So I think that has something to do with these guys not playing in the preseason too. Be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. As usual, guys, man, I love chatting with y'all on the Victory Mondays. This has been awesome. It's come a long way since that first week. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, we, we have an agenda now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, this is this has been a good one. I'm excited about this matchup. I got a good feeling that this team's going to be 4-1. and one. We'll see what happens. They show up and play Packer football. They should get this W. I agree. I agree. Let's get it. Let me get that gold pack go. Go pack. Go pack go. go. go.